Welcome to Allendale Market Talk Podcast. This is Greg McBride and Mike Long. Uh, today, we're going to go ahead and talk uh, uh, about the option markets, uh, the option uh, strategies that are out there and available to uh, uh, to our customers and to, to brokers uh, to be able to take advantage of price movements. So, Mike, let's uh, let's start and uh, go through the five main types of uh, of options. You've got the standard options, serial options, short dated, and you've got the weekly and calendar spread options. Let's go ahead and start with the standard options. What uh, what do you have to uh, to help us with on that? Yeah, so standard options are going to be your your most basic options. These are going to be options that are just based on the futures month. So, given for corn, you got uh, July, September, December, uh, March, May. You're going to have your standard options that are based off of those futures. So when they get exercised, they will exercise into a futures contract corresponding with the underlying futures month you're buying that option on. So that's going to be, like I said, your most basic. Uh, then moving on from there, you have serial options, which are every month there's going to be a serial option. But the thing about the serials is they're going to be based on the following underlying futures contract. So say you buy a January corn call. Well, that January corn call is going to be based off the March futures market. So you'll be seeing those and that goes into all the way through the year. So once you get to, and this is something that has to be remembered, and I'm going to bring this up now between serial and short dated options is short dated options are always going to be based off of the new crop contract. So for corn, that's going to be December. For beans, that's November. For wheat, that's July. Mm-hmm. And you'll be looking at it, but the thing about uh, serial and short dated options is the month of October. That's when you're going to go for uh, short dated to serial if you're basing it off the new crop year, because if you buy a short dated October, let's say corn call, that's going to be based on the following December, not the one that's right ahead of us, but the one next year's December contract. So you're a, you're a full year out, uh, over a full year out uh, from expiration if you were to be exercised into, into futures on that position. Right. Yeah. Okay. So if you bought the October short dated option, it'd be based off the December 21 contract whereas by the serial option for october that will be based on this december's contract so that's a little something that gets a little tricky uh towards the end of the year that you have to be made sure that's going on but that's going to be where your serial and short data differ on the back half of the year uh so then we'll go into weekly options and weekly options are just how they sound they're going to be options that are based on a specific week so you got one to five week options based on the month that you're currently in that will either expire the first week, the second week, third, fourth, or fifth. But the thing about the fourth contract, usually the fourth contract, is that is usually your serial option. So again, things get a little bit tricky here between, hey, I'm going to buy, be buying a, let's say a, a week. What week is this for May? I'm going to be buying a week four serial uh week four weekly option well that's actually going to be your for this month june serial option as opposed to your week four may weekly option Mm -hmm. 
So the biggest thing there is where your your uh, where your interest is, where your uh, liquidity is. So you got that, and then last you got calendar spread options, which is going to be making you're locking in a certain spread between futures month or you're selling that spread depending on if you're buying or selling the options. So say you let's look at the uh, July December spread right now. Right now it's sitting at 12 and a half under the July to the December. Mm-hmm. So there'll there'll be serial option or sorry, calendar spread options that are you're able to lock in these various spreads in case they narrow, widen, and strengthen, and weaken. So those are going to be your five different types of options and they can get extremely confusing which is why you, you really have to know which of the five you're using, how you're using them. Are they marginal or non-marginal? Are you buying them or are you selling them? If you're selling them, you're going to be marginal. You're collecting the premium, but you also have unlimited risk as opposed to if you're buying an option, you're paying the premium, but you have unlimited either upside or downside, but, uh, whether you're buying a call or a put. Right. So, so this is where you really have to talk to your broker you have to be able to see the option know what you're doing with the option know where your risk is and know what what you're trying to get out of this well let's work in uh, let's work in reverse here let's talk uh, about those calendar spread options and when you might use a calendar uh, spread option mm-hmm. what's an example of of when you when you would be using a uh, a calendar spread so say it's it's december and I have a uh, corn locked in on a December contract, but I am looking to hold it to uh, July. So I want to lock in a carry. If the carry come October is sitting at 30 cents and I want to make sure that that carry is locked in, I can buy this calendar spread option to make sure that I am locking in that profitability of being able to holds this crop and say by the time December comes and I want to roll that contract, the spread is narrowed into uh, 10 cents. So there's just not much incentive to carry. Well, I've already locked in that 30 cent carry beforehand. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then um, what, uh, what instance would you be using a, uh, a weekly option? So say we got a report that's coming up and I have nothing protected for what's in the bin. I can buy a weekly option just to get me through the report. Maybe this is going to be a huge report, and it's really going to be the determinant of whether or not we're going higher or lower. And if I'm sitting with crop in the bin that's unpriced, I'm going to want to put some uh, floor on this because if this just falls out of bed, well, I'm losing penny for penny on everything that's sitting out there in my bin. And typically, you're not going to spend a lot of uh, premium on uh, on buying that option because there's very little time value, correct? Correct. Yeah. You're not paying all the time value that would if you say you bought a December option now, as opposed to if you're just buying a weekly option to just get you through this one report. The theta, which is the time value, will be extremely low. Okay. And then let's look at these uh, at these short dated uh, options and and uh, what's the reasoning for um, for trading those based off of uh, when they're based off of a uh, a new crop uh, contract uh, versus uh, just trading say uh, a regular July contract uh, as opposed to trading the short dated July contracts. Yeah, so you'd go with the short dated because you're trying to hedge or reown the new crop. And like we just talked about the weekly option, you're not paying all that theta in order to do it. So say I want to in 
June. I want to hedge out my crop and I really only think I need to hedge it uh, or only want to pay the premium out to August. I can buy an August short dated option, so I'm not paying all that theta. But if prices do fall off in the next several weeks, I have my crop hedged mm-hmm. and I didn't pay everything I would pay if I just went straight out to December. Right. I gotcha. Okay. And then um, going back to the, uh, to the cereals, uh, let's say you're buying like a, uh, a February corn call um, uh, based off of what you had, what you had sold uh, off the combine uh, last fall. What's uh, what's, is that, uh, is that just to give you a little more time? Um, what's, what are you thinking there? It's because you're not, you're not trading all the way out to that, uh, to that March, uh, uh, main contract. Mm-hmm. So let's take it back to earlier this year when we had the phase one deal on the table. Maybe I just wanted to buy a option that would get me through that phase one deal. If things go absolutely wild, I have it re-owned, but I'm not paying for the full uh, time value as a March, but I still mm-hmm. want a little bit more time than if I were just to go with a weekly option. So oh, yeah. that's that's where you'd be splitting the difference. I want enough time value to get me through this phase one deal, but I don't want the full time value of the full March contract. And I, I need to get long enough to get me through the actual signing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, obviously, standard options, we're talking about uh, those uh, those March, May, July uh, SEP these contracts for for corn uh, throw in the uh, uh, throw in the November for the uh, for the beans. Um, mm-hmm. Are you are you including doing just regular uh, say uh, bull call spreads or bear put spreads uh, in that uh, type of a uh, standard option? Um, and uh, what's your what's your take on that? Yeah, so you can get you can obviously get fancy with these. You can buy a call, sell a call above it, bull call spread. You can do a, uh, a bull put spread, which is selling the nearby put and buying the out of the money put. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways you can go about doing these options in order to take advantage of what you're looking to do. Are you looking for the market to go absolutely nowhere and you're just selling straddles? Or are you looking for a range to break out and you're buying the strangle looking to take advantage of a directional movement. Let's and explain this, that real quick uh, before we, before we skip over it, you just mentioned strangle, explain mm-hmm. the strangle to, uh, to our listeners. So what a strangle is, is you're giving the market some, some movement. So let's give just a hypothetical right now. Uh, you're sitting at 322 here uh, today for corn Let's say you're buying the 330 call and you're buying the 310 put. So you're giving the market room to move between the two. But what you're doing is you're putting your orders in where if it is a breakout, you have something at that breakout you can take advantage of, as opposed to a straddle, which is at the same exact strike price. So that would be a 320 call, 320 put. I got gotcha. you. Okay. All right. Um, now, what are uh, what are some uh, uh, some ways that uh, you would mix uh, mix these things up, and and uh, and what uh, what situation would you be doing it? Because we've talked about uh, in the past, we've talked about synthetic positions, we've talked about uh, uh, we've talked about spreads, strangles, straddles, that kind of stuff. Um, where would you uh, 
would you be looking at, at hedges as opportunities to do like synthetics? Um, what's uh, what's your thought uh, thought process as you uh, as you start to build a position for a customer? So you'd like to start off, especially if you're going counter trend, you'd like to start off with something that's non-marginable because if you're wrong, you're you're not getting you're not getting the margin calls. If you're if you're using options, that's usually the reason you're using an option because you don't want the same risk as an outright futures contract. So usually right. you start with something non-marginable. Right, which you mentioned was buying a put or buying a call. Simple, right. easy. Your on, your only risk is the premium that you pay for that to, uh, for that uh, call or that put, and that is and then plus the commission and fees. But that's it. If it mm -hmm. if it goes against you, you don't have to pay in any extra. Correct? Right. Right. So let's let's build from there. So you start your position there, and then you get a bottoming action, and you start making your way back up. And you can sell a put, cheapen it up a little bit uh, if you're if you're building a long position in this case. You bought the call early. Now the market has bounced off a resistance level. It's looking like it's holding some strong support. You can sell a put, and it will cheapen up the whole position. But that put's also going to get you into that marginal area. Mm -hmm. So, which means that if the market uh, if the market goes against you, let's say the market goes down, uh, you have the full breadth of that uh, of that move uh, as your risk mm -hmm. and the way that i usually like to be looking at selling the options is an area that I, i'd feel pretty comfortable if i do get picked up on this sold option that i'm comfortable being either if you're selling the put long from that position or if you're selling the call short from that position so say we were putting on a hedge. Let's switch this around. And we bought a 420 put, and we did this last year. And then we went up to 470 and started working our way back lower. All right, well, let's sell a 460 call to go against it. Say by the time J July rolls around, we're above 460, we'd be short from 460. And that's not a terrible place to be hedged. Yeah, most uh, most farmers would never have an issue being sold from from 460 on the board. Right. So, usually like to start with the with the non-marginal position, and then once you gain some strength or some weakness, depending on if you're at the top or uh, bottom of the market, then you can come in here and cheapen up your position with the marginal position, but do so at a level that you would feel comfortable being long or short that futures position based on where the market's sitting at. And then something to understand again uh, about those sold uh, those sold options is is how the margin uh, increases or decreases based on uh, on price movement, right? Right. So the big thing that you're going to have to be watching is the the delta of the position. And what a delta is, is it's just the percentage of a futures contract that you're trading at. So say you have a call and it's a 50% delta. Well, as the market moves up, you'll be gaining half a cent for any, every penny that the market moves until it gets deeper and deeper in the money. And that delta will rise closer and closer to one full delta as it gets deeper and deeper in the money and as the uh, theta <clears throat> leaks out. Mm -hmm. So. So as you let's let's use your example of that uh, sold 460 uh, uh, call. If the market, uh, if when you sell that market sitting at roughly 420 or 430, 
the market goes down, the amount of margin required to keep that position uh, on is going to decrease. But if the market continues to, to rally, and let's say the closer you get to that 460 and even go beyond that 460, the, the more margin that you're going to be required to have uh, on that position. That is correct. Yeah, it's going to start to feel a lot like a futures position. Uh, the closer you get, the deeper you get in the money or the uh, less time value that's on that and you are near the money. Right, which was which is one of those reasons why if you are you know if you are selling uh, those calls or those puts is that you you want to make sure that if you were to get assigned those positions uh, at the at the expiration of the uh, the the option is that you're comfortable with uh, with being either long or short at that position. So in the case of that sold 460, you wouldn't you know like we said before you wouldn't be too opposed to being short from $4.60 uh, or sold from $4.60 uh, on the uh, on the board if you own if you own corn mm -hmm. that that would actually represent a a decent hedge uh, position for you in the futures you just have to make sure that you have the ability to uh, to keep up with the margin on a short position uh, uh, in the futures as well similar to the way you had to do it on the short uh, on the short call mm -hmm. exactly and then if if you're not looking to do that synthetic uh, futures position where you're you're buying a call selling a put or buying a put and selling a call, you could always go with the either bull call spread, bear put spread, uh, something along those lines that you sold something that's above the market. So let's see, let's do the bull call spread. You buy a call and then you sell a call above it. And what your maximum return is if you're above that sold call above you. And the two offset each other on exercise. Mm -hmm. And what? Uh, and and now, a lot of people uh, there is a misconception uh, when it comes to uh, to bull call spreads or uh, or put spreads that uh, just because they you know they pretty well offset doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that there's no margin risk there. Right? right. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So. Like we talked about, when you're selling an option, you have the margeability there. So let's say you're going up and you're above your sold call and your bear and your uh, bull call spread. Well, now you need a minimum option uh, minimum option. What is it? Minimum That's option value. Yeah, value. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where you need a certain amount of money in your account just because you do have that marginal position there even though you, it, technically you're not losing money on it you still need to ante up the money in order to keep your risk under check through how their actuaries put together their uh, risk analyzer right so it doesn't necessarily mean that it's you know that you're paying in and and never going to see that money come back or or anything like that it's just a it's basically a placeholder for uh for the accountants to say okay this has to have a value it has to have at least a minimum value uh and if not it is going to generate uh, a margin uh, position but even that margin uh you know in some cases you know in like the case of corn when you do get to that uh, to that threshold it's you know it's a difference of 
oh, hey, you're on a margin call for 50 cents one day or, oh, you're on a margin call for $8 another day. It's mm-hmm. not a it's not a major amount of money. It's not like uh, all of a sudden you're, you know, you're in major trouble because it's, you know, it's going against you uh, by any means. Right. Exactly. So just something to keep in mind, something that to keep you on your toes. But the the main message we're trying to convey here is make sure you know what tools are at your disposal and know what risk you're applying whenever you're putting any of these on just because it's an option does not mean that you're totally safe right so absolutely now um is there any other uh any other uh ways that uh, we can we can use options um that uh uh that you've done in the past or things that uh uh, are ways that uh, you can you can use those options to to find ways to either make money or to uh increase hedges or anything like that are you teaming them up with uh, futures positions as well um what about uh, uh combinations like that Yes, you can do synthetic, just like you can do a synthetic futures. You can also do a synthetic call or a synthetic put. And what you do there is you're buying the opposite. So for a synthetic put, you're buying the call and selling the futures against it. So that way, say the futures are moving against you, the call will offset the futures, but you're getting penny for penny return on that future contract on the way down and vice versa for the call, uh, synthetic call. So you can do it that way. Uh, you can get real fancy with these. You can sell a straddle and then buy the strangle outside of it. So that way you're collecting premium if the market moves nowhere, but you still have your risk confined on the outside in case it really starts to take off one way or another. Um, there's something called a call put parity where uh, if the call and put for something that's at the money is out of line, you can potentially say that the puts worth more than the call by mm-hmm. a two to one ratio. You can sell the put buy the call and sell the futures contract. So that way, no matter which way it moves, you've just collected a premium based on the put being overpriced compared to the call that's at the money. Right. Okay. And then there's, you know, I mean, there's, there's a, a, a ton of different ways that you can you can use these uh, in tandems you know as you as you mentioned you've got ratios where you can you know say buy uh, buy one put and sell two calls against it uh, to try and get it done for even money what that means is that if the if the market's above your sold calls at expiration you're now short two uh, of those contracts versus being short one if you're below the uh, below the put strike mm-hmm. um, you know, there's and then there's the box strategies where you're, let's say, you're buying a uh, put spread and then selling a call above everything uh, to bring the price uh, to bring the price down, but trap a certain uh, certain range of uh, of prices as well. Right. Yeah. There's there's a, a myriad of ways you could go about using options to accomplish various uh, objectives, uh, but that's. The, the main thing you want to do before going in the option is know what your objective is. What am I trying to get out of this position? Yes, exactly. That's a, and that's got to be the, the the conversation that you have with yourself and your broker uh, before you enter any position, whether it's futures or options. Is is what is the goal of this? Is it mm-hmm. is it to protect a price? Is it to add on to uh, to something I've already sold, or is this to 
just speculate? Am I am I trying to play you know the opportunity that the that the market uh, gives me here? So that's obviously a, a big deal. So let's kind of wrap things up here. If uh, if you have any extra any other questions on on options or how to use them, um, you can give me a call at eight one five five seven eight six one six five or Mike. How can they get a hold of you? Eight one five five seven eight six one seven seven or email mlung at allendale-inc.com. But today for Allendale Market Talk, this is Mike Lung and Craig McBride signing off. You guys have a great one.